This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And it's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Farmland forever. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Cultivating Convos. You've got me, Megan and Brian. Welcome. It's been a while then, mm-hmm. since I've been on, at least. Uh, so I think we're covering, let's just say Happy New Year. Hope you had a happy holiday. Yes. I don't yes. know how far back we have to go. We took a little break, a little breath, uh, you know, collect ourselves. But uh, mm-hmm. some changes have, have happened that we just want to let you know about. That is correct. So we're just going to go ahead and tell you here. Um, our communications director, Shelby Croft, who would join us frequently, of course, on our podcasts, um, has taken a new opportunity and she will be joining the Ohio EPA. So congratulations to Shelby. We're very happy for her. Um, but now you're going to get me and Brian. Yeah, a dose of us. And we we are in the process of trying to change some things about the podcast. I don't know, make it a little bit more fresh, more exciting. So, you know, bear with us as these changes happen. I know people like routines. All of a sudden you might hear something that sounds a little different here or there, but uh, all all in good fun. And and we're just trying to keep everyone uh, updated, informed, and uh, maybe also entertained at the same time. Yeah, we'll do our best. (laughs) Um, This week we're going to talk about something very important, and we're kind of going to do this in two pieces. So bear with us, um, but lots of great information, and we're going to get into it. Today's topic, foreign animal diseases. We are here with our animal health staff, doctors Christy Shaw and Angela Rosberg. Thank you very much for for being with us. I just have to say, when 2022 ended, I asked our animal disease diagnostic laboratory, hey, how about some stats? Like, what are we talking here? And I think it was um, Dr. Frerich who told me that you guys did roughly 400,000 tests. Is that right? That is an insane number. That sounds about right. I know all our stats go through Melanie. Um, and so, but I know that was a record year and I feel like every year is a record year there at the diagnostic mm-hmm. lab, which is why we're really excited that we're getting a new one um, here in a couple of years. And I know pro- um, progress is, is underway for that. Yeah, that's really big news. We're very excited and proud to be moving forward with that at ODA. Um, yeah, welcome back, doctors. We appreciate having our lady vets on, um, as always. And today we're going to talk foreign animal disease. So let's start with the basics, you two. Um, what is a foreign animal disease? So that's a great question um, because we do use this term a lot and most people don't know what it means. Um, but basically what it comes down to is a foreign animal disease is one that does not currently exist in the United States or it shouldn't be existing in the United States. Um, but if it did or if it were to occur, then it would have a very large impact on health or economics or both. And so Um, Because of those reasons, it does actually present a very serious threat to the United States, to our whole, you know, agriculture system and our industries. And and so, Dr. Shaw, what's kind of what's on the most wanted list when it comes to whether you're an Ohio producer or you just are an average citizen? You know, what, what are we concerned about? What's our animal health division concerned about right now? Good question. There's there's a couple main ones that come to the top of our our minds and what we're most concerned with and highly pathogenic avian influenza is actually on that list even though it is found in the u.s right now it, we really don't want it to be um and so that is on the top of the list as well as foot and mouth disease and which can occur in multiple species of animals and african swine fever 
And now there's lots of other diseases that can look like these diseases, which is what makes it so concerning for us and why um, whenever we have certain certain reporting things or certain clients and producers call us, we, we get really concerned. Um, and that's part of the, the main job duties of our field vets. You know, I think that's a really important part that Dr. Shaw just brought up is that so many of these foreign animal diseases, none of them have like that one single uh, clinical sign that we can you say, yes, this is 100%, you know, high path avian influenza, or yes, 100%, this is African swine fever, that it really does involve um, doing uh, testing, you know, some sort of testing at a, at a laboratory to confirm those uh, diseases. And so many of these diseases have very, you know, vague or, or, or typical signs of other diseases that we see every day um, in the United States and the state of Ohio as well. So I think you brought up three big ones and apologize if there were four. Can we go over, I guess, what the signs are when, you know, someone should reach out to to our animal health division? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. Yep. yep. Uh, so I'll start with highly pathogenic avian influenza was one of the ones that we mentioned. And so it's one that we've been very concerned with over the past almost year now. And so some of the main clinical signs of that are decreased appetite or decreased eating and drinking decreased egg production. Sometimes all we see is sudden death. Can also see lethargy or actually a discoloration of the chickens or turkeys or poultry's wattle and combs. And so kind of those nonspecific signs that that you can see in a lot of other diseases. And um, Dr. Rosberg, if you want to ch- talk about some of the other ones? Yeah, absolutely. So African swine fever, uh, a lot of times uh, clinical signs of that can include a fever, as we might have guessed from the name of it, a skin discoloration, diarrhea, uh, could just be death, you know, a producer could just be noticing increased mortality um, that they feel isn't, you know, easily explainable. Uh, A lot of times these animals will be very lethargic or tired. They'll be going off feed. You can see abortions with it. A lot of times they'll be um, like piling on top of each other, each other, you know, huddling huddling together, uh, you know, in a pile to, you know, keep warm because of just the underlying, you know, manifestation of the fever. And then I can also touch on uh, foot and mouth disease. So I I do want to throw out there that foot and mouth disease, you know, when we're talking about this in relation to animals, is not related to hand, foot, and mouth disease that humans, especially children, can get. Because I, I think that that can be really easy to be, we're just you know, kind of throwing out those words and they sound very similar. So foot and mouth disease is not the same as hand, foot, and mouth disease that we see in humans. But uh, as Dr. Shaw had mentioned earlier, this is one that uh, affects all cloven hoofed livestock. So we have multiple species that can be infected. Um, including, you know, cattle, uh, sheep, you know, goats, and pigs as well. Um, The most common signs for this are blisters, or what we refer to as vesicles, uh, typically on the feet and snout. And because they're on the feet, a lot of times these animals uh, are lame or they don't want to get up and walk because, you know, because it's uncomfortable. Uh, They often will have a fever and stop eating as well. So if any producers are seeing this in their livestock or, you know, are seeing these kinds of symptoms, what should they do? That's probably the most important question of this whole entire podcast, Megan. And I would say if 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 there's a producer out there and they are seeing anything, even if they 
even if there are signs that aren't, you know, consistent with anything that we've just mentioned, if anything just seems really off, really, you know, concerning to them, you know, they're going to be the ones that know their animals the best. So if they're noticing any sort of sign symptoms, especially like increased mortality, you know, reach out, you know, to be talking to their accredited veterinarian, they can reach out to ODA directly. Um, and, you know, we can channel them through to the right person to be able to talk about what's going on as well as USDA. But the most important thing is, is reach out to somebody. A lot of these producers do have um, a very knowledgeable accredited veterinarian. And oftentimes I, they, because they already have that relationship built with their veterinarian, you know, that's a easier step for them to take. And so that's perfectly fine to be reaching out to that person. Um, and then that person typically then will end up contacting either USDA or ODA um, but either way, you know, let somebody know. Yeah, and I, I swear, Megan always finds a way to ask the most important question. So I need to, to take a note and, and, and learn. Dr. Shaw, is there, is there anything producers and Ohioans can do before they get to that step, like steps they can take to try to prevent these foreign animal diseases from happening to their, their flock or their herd or anything of that nature? Absolutely. And and one of the big things that we've been preaching in, in high path avian influenza has has brought that to the forefront of our mind is biosecurity and, and having an increase in enhanced or heightened biosecurity. And so what does that mean is that uh, we, we don't want our producers bringing or carrying these diseases from farm to farm. And so uh, for an example, for example, avian influenza has been carried by wild birds. And so um, if you're going out to a park or you're you're walking around in your shoes, make sure you change shoes before you go take care of your own chickens. And so wearing separate designated footwear and clothing or making sure they're disinfected, um, you can easily disinfect them before going back there. And um, there, there's a whole host, host of things that you can do. And we have a lot of great resources on the ODA website, but it's, it's really preaching to people to have good biosecurity and have a plan together as to how you're going to protect your animals because you don't want to bring those diseases onto your farm. And then consequently, if you are diagnosed with one of those diseases like avian influenza, you don't want to then take that disease off of your farm as well and carry it to other producers. Anything else to chime in on that, Dr. Rosberg? No, I think that that was perfect. You, you hit all the major points on that. You know, biosecurity is so important. And just like you said, you know, what are all those little steps that you can do to help ensure, you know, because a lot of these diseases can be carried on and that's how that they're spread. You know, they can be spread from animal to animal, certainly, but they can also be spread just by what we call fomites or, you know, clothing, boots, equipment, you know, so a lot of times, you know, we're trying to be nice to our neighbor down the street and we'll let them use, you know, such and such equipment, you know, but that is a way that diseases can be spread. So I'm not saying don't be neighborly. You can certainly be neighborly, but, you know, be thinking about that in the back of your head. You know, if you have, you know, some chickens and your neighbor has chickens and they want to borrow something, you know, just make sure that you're doing a really good job of disinfecting and cleaning that equipment and just, you know, being aware of those things. And same thing like Dr. Shaw said with your boots, you know, a lot of times we have a lot of producers that also like to go hunting, you know, and if they are avid, um, you know, duck or, you know, bird hunters, you know, then they're walking around in those environments and they could very well be bringing that virus that's being actually shed by, you know, those that wildlife back into their own backyard flock. And we certainly want to try to avoid that. 
Yes, very good points from both of our veterinarians here. And I would just encourage some of our listeners to, yes, head to ODA's website, click on our Animal Health Division page, and there's lots of great resources uh, and information about all of this there for you to check over. Well, I think that that's a great starting point. I know we have more coming up on this topic, but for for right now, this is a good place to kind of put the bookmark in. Um, Dr. Shaw and Rosbert, thanks for joining us. Thank Absolutely. you so much for having us. I agree. It's been a pleasure. This is seriously like what our animal health division is here for. So if you mm-hmm. think something might come up or, or there's an issue with uh, any animals you have, please give us a call, send us an email. And uh, that is what our veterinarians want first and foremost. And then they can do what they need to do and go through that process that, uh, that we'll get into more next time we talk with them. Absolutely. Better to be safe than sorry. So just give them a call. That's their job. They're happy to come out and take a look and, and make sure animals are safe and healthy. So um, yes, we will get into this more um, on an upcoming podcast. So stay tuned. Cultivating Convos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed and like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up-to-date news about agriculture in Ohio.